Hey, everybody, and welcome to Behind the Spacebar, episode two, Humbly Confident, Humbly Curious. My name is Will. Thanks so much for joining me, and welcome back to Behind the Spacebar. Um, last week was our first episode back after almost a year, uh, which is crazy, and I really appreciate all the kind comments from people and people saying they uh, are glad the podcast is back. That's always a great thing when you take a super long break and come back, and people are actually excited that you're, that you're back and creating more content. I also mentioned, I believe in last week's episode, um, that I will be, be releasing new content every single day in 2022. Now, this is an audacious goal. I mentioned last week I stopped the podcast because I was burnt out. So naturally, the best thing to do when you're burnt out is to overcommit and do more than you did in the first place that caused the burnout. But uh, we've got a great plan of action and uh, have a good kind of distribution plan and editorial calendar built out that I think is going to make this completely possible. Uh, so 2022 is a year of a lot of really good content. But I want to say up front, thanks for the kind words from last week's episode, the comments on YouTube, uh, emails and messages through the site. Uh, really, really meant a lot. So I appreciate that. Uh, before I dive into this week's content, which is going to be a super special episode, um, and I'll dig into this and, and what humbly confident, humbly curious means in the first place. Um, I do have just a couple ask a couple favors. One, wherever you're watching or listening to this, um, do me a favor, leave a rating and a review. If you're watching uh, over on YouTube, and if you didn't know that you could watch the visual version of this, which I'm sorry, uh, it's nothing incredibly exciting. It's me sitting here in the studio recording. But uh, if you're someone that likes watching people talk uh, for 30 minutes, then you can watch over on YouTube. I've included uh, links to the YouTube channel to do that. Um, but wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, do me a favor, leave a rating or review. That would mean a whole lot. That really helps uh, get the podcast like showing up in the search results, rankings, those sorts of things. Second thing, if you want to watch, then head over to YouTube to watch that. Um, the episode goes live every Monday morning, 10 a.m. Central. Would love to have you there. Uh, I've also included a link to the YouTube channel. Would mean a lot if you uh, uh, subscribed. If you haven't yet, hit that bell icon. You know the drill. You watch YouTube. You know the drill. Hit the bell icon so you're notified. Uh, and liking the video obviously helps as well. Um, okay, I think that's all I've got for this week. Let's dive into the content. This week we're talking about um, something that I've become very passionate about. Uh, let me tell you kind of the origin story of this. So I, I think most people listening are familiar. The name of the, the podcast is Behind the Space Bar, but the company that produces the content is called From Studio to Stage. So um, this is the site. I'll include the link in the, the uh, show notes of this if you've actually never been to the site. I guess there is a good possibility that you're you're watching this um, and you uh, don't even know it from studio to stages. I guess there's a, a possibility uh, of that. Uh, or maybe you saw me when I was at Multitracks uh, working there, uh, or you've seen my content on YouTube, but you're not really familiar with uh, with what from studio to stage is. And this is not an ad, although it could be an ad because I'm in charge and I can do whatever I want. But uh, from studio to stage is a subscription platform. Uh, it's a community where people can subscribe, uh, free tutorials, which this is kind of part of that free tutorials, podcast, free resources, in-depth courses. Okay. That's it. This is not an ad, I promise. <clears throat> but the reason I bring this up is I started from CDO to stage and I started to see this trend with people to where I would get people that would subscribe, um, people that I, I knew I had some history with. And, uh, and then I would see the, the, the people, it felt like the people were kind of splitting into two different categories and some people would cancel and that's fine. I understand there's certain, um, certain things of my friends that they've created, uh, that I've subscribed and canceled. So it's not like a, it's not like a hard feelings kind of thing, but, 
Um, I would have some people that would cancel. I'd have some people that would stick for around for a very long time. Uh, Doug Laws, he's a guy that from literally the first week I started the company uh, and launched from studio to stage at the time of recording this three years ago, uh, he's been subscribed every day since, right? Uh, um, Doug's been around forever. So I started to look at people like Doug, um, people that uh, I knew that I at least had a little bit of history with that had canceled and went, well, what's the difference between these two types of people? I would look at people that are super advanced users that are uh, playback techs that are out on the road with major artists that are part of the community and uh, and people that are paying their own money. Uh, I'm not saying like comp subscriptions. I'm saying people that are paying their own money. And I would go, okay, this guy is a world-class playback engineer. They're subscribed they're paying their own money. They're sticking around. And then there's this person that, uh, they, they're, they're good. They're, they're knowledgeable. They know what they're doing. They canceled. Like, is there, is there a difference there? I should mention, should mention too, part of, uh, behind the space bar. It's a chill environment here. So if you got a cup of coffee, grab a cup of coffee, enjoy it, wherever your coffee's from. Um, leave me a comment. Let me know what, what you're drinking this morning. Or at night or whenever you're watching this. I mean, I guess you could be watching this. It doesn't have to be Monday morning. You could be watching, listening, whatever. But the point is, I digress. This is not a coffee show. I started looking at all the different subscribers, different people that, that uh, had signed up. And I was trying to figure out the people that stick around. Is there a common trait to them? Is there something about them that I could say, okay, these are the type of people that I need to get subscribed because they're going to be the people that stick, right? And when you look at a business, you you try to reduce a subscription business. You try to reduce what's called churn, which is people canceling. And you try to build an audience and get them to down a lead, download a lead gen, something that's free. Uh, and then from there, you, you know, hopefully they purchase something that maybe eventually subscribe or whatever. But the goal in all that is, you could go, uh, it's called creating a sales funnel or retention funnel or whatever you want to call it, but it's this kind of idea of a funnel. And, um, you want to get as many people as you can into the top of the funnel. But the trick is it's not just any type of people. You want to find the right type of people to get in the funnel that goes through. Uh, I tell this story. Uh, I promise I'm getting to the point of uh, today's episode, but over Christmas break, Obviously, the kids are out of school. My son, uh, who turned nine um, over the holidays, uh, went outside and had a cardboard sign that said, uh, subscribe to From Studio to Stage, honk if you're already a subscriber. And I don't know if it's because he's watching you know, a lot of Mr. Beast or something, or he just felt inclined to try to help dad uh, grow his YouTube subscriber count. But I thought it was super sweet. But I was trying to explain to him that um, you know, it's great that he's doing that. But I don't necessarily need people that are driving through my neighborhood to be subscribers. I need people that are musicians, playback techs, worship leaders, that sort of thing. It's the right type of people. So anyway, I really started trying to figure out what are the type of people, the right type of people? What what are the 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 audience that I should be going after? Um, and I, I saw in some people they had this trait, some people they didn't. And what I boiled this down to, this phrase I kind of came up with and it's stuck and it's been kind of an unofficial motto from studio to stage is humbly confident humbly curious, humbly confident, humbly curious. You can probably kind of pick up already what all that means and, and how it makes sense and those sorts of things. But um, what um, it's become more than an unofficial motto for me. I think it's something for me that has really become a very encouraging thing and something where I see a tendency in myself to do uh, certain things to, to tend to, we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, I can tend to be a dinosaur and get, you know, stuck in my ways and, 
and stuck in my way of doing things. And this has become a phrase that helps snap me out of that. It helps remind me and let me know, like, um, always be looking for something new. So let's, what I wanted to do in today's episode, um, we're finally getting into this about eight minutes into the episode is I want to break down those two things and talk about why I think it's important, particularly if you're a playback tech on the road, a musician out on the road, um, a worship leader at a church, music director at a church, wherever, wherever you are, whatever type of venue you're in, whatever type of music, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, I think this is really important. Um, let's talk about the first part, humbly confident. Um, if you're going to be on the road, if someone's going to hire you to be a playback tech, they need to have confidence that you know what you're doing. And for you to know what you're doing, you've got to have confidence in your setup. So what you don't want to do is go out on the road and take out a brand new Mac, uh, Mac mini M one, uh, the, first week after it's released, go out with Ableton Live 11 suite the first week it's it's released uh, and run both of those and stand on stage with new firmware on your interface um, that's not officially supported by the manufacturer and stand out there and press play and just kind of cross your fingers and hope that things work well, right? That's not something we should do if we're stepping on stage, no matter, again, whatever venue, whatever role you're playing, um, that's not how we should approach things. So we have to have a bit of confidence. We have to have confidence in our workflow. We have to have confidence in our gear, gear that's uh, been proven, gear that's roadworthy. Uh, we have to have confidence in our process. Like we know we've done this enough. We know that this is going to work. Or if if we don't know this is going to work, we're sitting underneath a teacher or the teaching of someone that is telling us this works, right? Uh, I have a lot of subscribers, uh, a lot of students that, that are just getting started with tracks and they don't have the confidence that this is going um, that, that their process is going to work, but they have the confidence that the training that they're getting, the process they're learning, the workflow they're learning, they have confidence that that works. Right. So when you get on, on stage, you have to have a, a bit of, uh, you have to have confidence that what you're doing is going to work. You have to have confidence that what you're doing is a somewhat proven process and, uh, it's, you're not trying stuff completely brand new. You're not crossing your fingers and hoping that things work. Like you've got to have confidence that things work. But I, but I think paired with that is, is humble confidence. Um, it's an acknowledgement that what I'm doing works. What I'm doing, uh, has been proven. Um, the gear I have has been proven. Um, the process I use is quick, efficient, stable, flexible. Um, but there's a sense of humility that, um, there might be a better way. All right. And so humble confidence is one, you've got to process a method a way that, that works. The second bit of this though, is humble curiosity. And that's pairing that confidence with, I've got to process a, a, a way, a means, uh, of things working, um, and, and a way that I know that things are going to work and are going to work out. And, uh, it's a good process, but, um, at the same time, I'm questioning and going, is there a better way? Is there um, a more efficient process? Is there a better way to do this that gives me more freedom and flexibility? Uh, the same time that I have a process that I know that works, and I'm humbly confident in that, I'm also at the same time curious, is there a better way? Uh, a new plugin comes out. I'm, I'm questioning and I'm wondering, huh, I wonder if this plugin is going to work well for me. A new MIDI controller comes out. Uh, I'm questioning and I'm wondering, hey, is this MIDI controller the, the best possible MIDI controller for me? Is this what I should be using? 
Um, uh, I have a MIDI controller that I love. It works really, really well. I'm super confident in that. I've used it for years, but something new comes out. I don't immediately go, oh, get away from me. This is scary. This is new. This is unproven. This is whatever. Um, no, I welcome it. I encourage it. Um, I see this in my friend, Mike McKnight. And Mike is is the godfather, the grandfather, whatever you want to call it. I like godfather a little better, of playback. Um, the first episode of Behind the Space Bar when we did uh, the more kind of narrative-driven stuff, the stuff that burnt, burnt me out because it took so long to do um mike kind of told the story of how he's been accused of of creating uh playback and inventing playback and he says no i I didn't do that but i have been doing it for quite a while anyway mike is a guy that i constantly and consistently see him um trying new things out i see him as someone who knows his rig knows his gear um but he's trying out new software he's trying out new uh, midi controllers he's trying out new audio interfaces he's trying out new process and he's not so afraid of the new that he stays in his 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 way his lane uh a term i mentioned this earlier a term my friend doug used to always use uh, or phrase is he would say don't become a dinosaur and what he meant by that is just someone who and i want to be very clear on this um this is not a ageism thing this is not a thing that says becoming a dinosaur is being an 80 year old person that's doing playback that's not what i mean by this a dinosaur is someone who stays put. They are stuck in their ways. They cannot be changed. They cannot try new things. Uh, this is the way to do it. This is the best way. And they cannot be convinced of, of anything else. Um, don't become a dinosaur. And the way you, you, you don't become a dinosaur is, I think, one, again, you've got to be confident that your way works. You've got to have confidence that when you press play, things are going to function the way they're supposed to. But the way you don't become a dinosaur is when something new comes out, you go, Huh, let me investigate that. You don't immediately shun it and 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 push it away because it's brand new and it's not what you use and it's not what you're used to. No, 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 that's that's not at all what we do. Something new comes out and we look at that something new and we go, huh. I wonder how that could be integrated into my setup. Something new comes out and you go, well, I am using this MIDI controller. I wonder what that MIDI controller would let me do. And now maybe you're in a, a situation financially where you're able to go and buy that. Uh, today, I saw an email actually for a company that released a, a MIDI controller. And again, um, a new MIDI controller, a new version of an existing MIDI controller, maybe is a better way to do that. And again, my my tendency, um, this phrase, humbly confident, humbly curious, really drives home, rings home for me because I can tend to be a dinosaur. I can tend to be stuck in my ways. And I saw this email and they were mentioning this new feature of the MIDI controller. And I thought, that's stupid. No one would ever use that. Like, that's a terrible idea, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of caught myself because I knew today I was going to be recording this episode. And uh, it kind of hit me. It kind of hit home that it's like, I'm being a dinosaur right now. I'm not following this right now. And so I want to go back and look at that MIDI controller and go, okay, I can see from experience why this new feature it's potentially a bad idea. I could see the situations and scenarios where this could not work well for people in live performance, people in a worship service. I understand that. But does this new thing open up some cool possibilities? And, and thinking of the, the MIDI controller, yeah, I could see how that could open up some neat and cool possibilities. And so what I'm trying to get at here is, um, again, when I look at subscribers that have stuck subscribers that have been around for a while, subscribers that, um, whether they're brand new or they're pros doing playback or whatever they're doing, musicians, playback text, whatever it is. When I look at them and the people that stick, 
It's because they embody humbly confident, humbly curious. One, they are confident in their process. They're confident. They have a, a method, a way that works, but they're constantly asking, is there a better way? Is there a better tool? Is there a more efficient tool? Is there a more efficient process and a way to do this? Um, I'll, I'll kind of end, wrap up the pod with, uh, again, I mentioned last week, pod is the cool term. I don't know if you knew that or not. Cool term for podcast. But I'll wrap up the pod this week with um, a bit of kind of my history and why I am um, really attracted to this phrase and why I have to be careful. Um, When I started getting into Ableton Live and running tracks, became Ableton Live certified trainer. And I was doing this primarily in the kind of houses of worship uh, church, fancy way to say church, this marketing speak for church market for worship leaders. And so um, I was running tracks then. And the way I was running tracks is in session view. And I would... Um, uh, create stems uh, and actually people, a lot of people weren't really using stems and multi-tracks in because uh, they weren't easily and readily available. So multitracks.com was, um, was uh, called interactive worship live back then. If you if you remember those days, loop community was a free form to upload uh, content to uh, BWAX form was a big place where everyone went. Most people weren't using stems and multi-tracks. They were rendering like MP3s, right? Just to give you a sense of uh, when this was. So this was, uh, 2004, 2000, probably 2002 to 2004. So I went to college 2004, uh, graduated 2008. Um, but around that time, um, you know, I, I believe 2010, something like that, I became a certified trainer. I can't remember the date exactly. I need to look about 12 years. That was 2020. I got the thing here. The certificate says 2013, but it was before that my twins were born in 2012. Yeah, I think it was 2010. Anyway, um, became a certified trainer. I had this process down. I was running tracks in session view and uh, I went around kind of preaching the gospel of running tracks in session view. And I was really confident and really like, this is the way to do it. There's no other way to do this. My way is the right way. Um, and then I ran into a guy, uh, the guy who started um, interactive worship live, which became multi-tracks. And he was teaching running tracks in a range of view. And I thought this makes no sense. A range of view is not built for this. And then um, I went to a conference and uh, that guy was kind enough and humble enough to let me teach the conference alongside of him. And in doing that, I, I kind of saw a couple of things he was doing and I went, oh, that's really interesting. And I started to go from blocking out a potentially other way of doing things because of my insecurity, started blocking out, all the, you could definitely not do this. And I started going, Oh, I wonder that that would be interesting. Actually, if I did tracks and arrange it, you then I could do this. I could do that, and ended up and landed obviously eventually at that company, Multitracks, and was there for a while. And um, in through that process and in that transition, I started running tracks and arrange it view. And I remember one time when uh, Multitracks bought my company at the time that I had started, and I sent out a press release, and I saw someone say like a guy email in and say, uh, you know, you, you've, you've changed your ways. You're, you're using a range of you now. And it's all because multi-tracks forced you to and blah, blah, blah. And told you, and I, and I'm like, bro, you are like, I mean, he was a conspiracy theorist before being a conspiracy theorist was cool. And I don't remember who the guy was, but the reason I had switched was not because some company that acquired my company and that I started working for forced me to, I switched because I realized it was a better way to do it. And so um, if I had stayed very, no, this is the way to do it, then, um, I would be stuck. I would be wasting, still wasting tons and tons of time as opposed to going, huh, I think there's a better, easier way to do this. 
So I, I share that story to say, you know, now I feel like I have the right way to do this. So, but as I'm teaching people to run tracks in arrangement view and why I think that's better most of the time than running tracks in session view, I'm also at the same time constantly going, is there a better way? Is there a better tool? Is there a better resource for doing this? Uh, plugins like Setlist, uh, Taz, um, Ableset come out and I don't want to look at them and go, no, get away from me. Get behind me, Satan. Uh, I'm not going to use this plugin. I'm, I'm, I'm a purist. You know, I have my process. I'm constantly going to look at those and evaluate those and see how they fit and go for me in particular, this doesn't work well, or this works well, or this thing is good. This thing isn't good. Um, I'm going to constantly be looking at those now and going, is there a better way to integrate them? So here's where I want to wrap up with, uh, for today. Um, look at this in your particular context, no matter where you are, as you're listening to this as a playback tech on the road, as an, uh, artist, as a, um, um, hired gun in a band, um, whatever way you are, look at your current process and go, am I confident in my process? And if not share that up, figure out what that is, right? Cause if you're going to be on the road, if you're going to be paid to do things, you've got to be confident. You've got to have a good process, a good workflow. Uh, but then two, Ask yourself, is there a better way? Are there better tools for me to do my job? Is there a better process for me to get this done? And explore that. Now, don't go immediately change your process. Don't immediately change things like uh, it's really hard for my friends that are out on the road to implement new tools and, and new um, uh, things. And that's good for them because you need something that's consistent. But when you get that break, uh, take some time and explore it. Explore it while you're out on the road. Maybe don't implement it till the next tour or the next time you get a chance to do a rehearsal or the next time you get a substantial weekend off or a week off or whatever it is. Um, uh, but start exploring, start asking, is there a better way to do this? Uh, and I think we can apply this in our lives in a lot of different ways, like hold, hold um, strong to the things that you hold to be, you know, that you see as truth, as values, as things you live by. But be open-minded enough to go, what if I'm wrong? Like, what would happen if I was wrong? And honestly, man, the way I think about it, as I'm thinking about it now, it's like, I think we'd maybe be in a different, a bit of a different world if we applied this in all of our life, right? All of life right now is two camps. You're pro, you're, you're against this. You're um, anti, you're for. You know, it's like there, there's these two kind of divisions. And I think um, uh, both sides are typically arguing the same thing coming at different points. And if we could be humbly confident in, in what we believe to be the truth, but humbly curious to go, uh, what really is the truth? Is there a better way for us to do this? Um, then, um, maybe things would be better. Now I don't want to end every podcast preachy being preachy like that. And I didn't intend to go there, but just as I was thinking, I'm like, man, this, this, applies and this is more than uh and bigger than just software and tracks and that sort of thing but anyway um look at your life look at your process go is there a way that i could be more humbly confident humbly curious in it uh and if you want to come join us over on uh from studio stage we would we would love to have you um i will mention as we wrap up uh this podcast um, if you are looking for free resources for running tracks and, uh, finding uh, better ways to run tracks, um, things that, uh, you're interested in, uh, that would help then head to from studio to stage.com slash free from studio stage.com slash free. Um, and we've got tons of free resources for running tracks and live, uh, and things that, uh, uh, tracks template, click track guide cues, if you're a worship leader, pro presenter, seven midi cues, all sorts of things that will help you, uh, instantly upgrade your sound and help you become a pro, be a pro, improve as a pro, 
running tracks with Ableton Live. Um, hey, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for sticking around for episode two of Behind the Space Bar. Again, do me a favor, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, give us a good rating and review. That super, super helps a lot. Let anyone um, that you think would be interested in listening to this, let them know, share it with them, which would be great. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, like, hit that bell icon. You know the drill. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week for the next episode of Behind the Space Bar. Thanks again so much for watching, everybody. Uh, I will see you next week on the next one. Take care. Bye.